Good evening, this is Naziati Mamad Yaakov. Welcome back to another session of a discussion on architecture theory. Today, I would like to share some experience uh, in the first two and a half weeks of teaching second year architecture design studio. Um, discovered a few things in relation to what I have experienced earlier teaching the design thesis courses and um, there are similarities between the students obviously just that one set of students have three years more experience uh, than the other in terms of doing design and that's all In terms of experience, three years could be a lot because the courses are intense and designed in a way so that there are complex problems, increased complex problems as you um, advance. Now, when we talk about adapt, adapt or adaptability um, in the architectural designer in terms of learning on the job, hands-on hands learning, the practice side of architecture theory, or architecture design, so as, so as to speak, um, in a bigger context of architecture education, that particular skill of being adept is an interesting a subject on its own. As you progress in time, obviously, you make decisions about what sort of approach that you want to take when you're given a task, when given an assignment or a job, be it in, uh, as a student of architecture or working out there in architecture practice. And you set limitations or some sort of um, justification on doing and on not doing some things and doing some things and it could be um, an instruction or something that you decide anyway in taking taking instructions from your supervisor or taking instructions from the person you're working with or a collaboration agree agreed negotiation process of what you should consider to be part of um, your design development or not to be part of your design development. There are some things that you consider. Yeah? In the architecture design studio, the lecturer tries to understand the level, the skill level of the students 
recognize that in different students have different sort of confidence and skill levels. So many factors that would affect the student to progress in their design. You have a certain expectation. There's always a question of the student wanting to know what the lecturers expect because basically they want to pass and move and gradu- graduate eventually, so they want to pass the course, and there are many courses to, to pass in the university. Ticking the boxes, I, I know that students would, I would do that too. I mean, I tick the boxes, cover the bases, and I still do that in terms of um, when I, and when I, I don't want to students to fail in general. I don't want that because of me giving the wrong instructions or being gung-ho about something, uh, the students I judged or I evaluate wrongly or something. You know, you, anything could happen. You know, you'd want to say that you are so good at it because so many years doing the thing, but you'd want to cover the basis and you'd want the students to to also have that idea to cover the bases. And what I mean is this idea of playing safe and progressing according to the expectations. We all kind of do that, and unless we're very confident. I mean, there are students who can't really progress because they're kind of like terrified of failing. And we often say to them, rightly or wrongly, I think rightly more than wrongly, don't be afraid to fail, but we don't really want them to fail. So don't afraid of making mistakes is one of the things and allowing time, allowing time for them to make mistakes. Student of architecture, uh, because of the iteration process of design, um, would um, would be encouraged to explore and would tell them, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Just sketch out the whole scheme, and then don't. And if we ask you to change the whole scheme, sketch it again the whole scheme, the whole complete uh, set of drawings. Don't just show plans and show three three dimensional. Show the two dimensional all the drawings, the whole idea, make it readable. You can be able to read your own plans. So this second year level is like an extension of the foundation course in the first year. And really there's only three years to the first degree. And at the end of the third year, you should be able to be competent enough, confident enough to to have a certain design method. Because there is a chance that you could be an art- architect. As always, giving yourself a chance is important. But let us go back to the word adapt just now. The word, the word adapt is a verb to make something suitable for a new use or purpose or modify. It's simil- um, similar to modify, alter, change, adjust. So... Another definition is to become adjusted to new conditions. 
So an example is a large organization that can be slow to adapt to change. And similar words are adjust, acclimatize, accommodate, attune, habituate. The third one is to alter, bracket attacks, to make it suitable for filming, broadcasting, or the stage. I'll take the second one in the context, the second definition, the context of uh, second year students designing uh, a project. And we gave them the project brief, the parameters, and they set out to do the project. So what happened is they, were, they, they attempt in the first instance and uh, is always wanting to know what the expectations are, so they produce something, but we're not so sure. And I would give some of my expectations and try to coach them, not giving them, will not give them ideas until they themselves show up for it, show some designs. And the students will adapt. This ability, at first, they refused to adapt. They wanted to follow the first year method of design, which I call the artistic process, meaning they were doing form making. And a few students uh, didn't really adapt in the first instance. And... Um, I sort of told them frankly, like you've got to do the architecture design process. Now in second year, you've, you've, you've successfully finished first year and you're looking into second year and you've committed yourself to wanting to be an architect. You know, you're looking at the possibility. That, okay, committed yourself to wanting to be an architect is more in the part two master of architecture course. But for the part one, your parents may like it very much if you become an architect or you want to be an architect and you're there and you finish first year and now you're in the second year. So now, what is it? What is an architect? So we we give them the theory, um, the architecture theory, um, content, precedent studies, learning from precedent. But learning from precedent, the, what is learning from precedent is not copy-paste. It's not... Uh, fitting in a form that you like that, and fitting in your design. So it is hard. The student is supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be challenging because um, then you're not, uh, you're not improving if you're not challenged. So anyway, the students that are with me, there are 10 of them. And some still stuck in wanting to do the way they designed the first year. It seems to have worked for them in the first year. And I told them, okay, you know, I've been teaching the fifth year and and we had to undo, they had to unlearn, they had to unlearn the last four years of doing things wrongly. So, okay, at least you guys, or at least, at least with you guys, you have to unlearn the first year. Now, this is not a criticism for the first year because... What happened in the first year is an experience, an ex ex exquisitely 
important personal individual experience that each each of them had undergone. And now they're going to the second year and I'm trying to give them a method, a design method, an approach where they're designing from the inside out. We had Michael Gibert coming in, my PhD candidate coming in, giving a take on Kurokawa and giving some advice, you know, um, trying to give, uh, to make it interesting um, studio discussion. And, um, you know, in, in, in a studio, there are people who just want to coast it and just listen and not really going to be involved. But there are many who are actually really interested in theory of architecture and learning from precedence. And that's the bread and butter, really, theory of architecture. I prepare for every Monday and Thursday the theory courses. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is the word adapt, the student need to adapt and understand that being adapt or the ability, adaptability is an idea, is a concept that you, they need to, to deal with and they have to adapt to the new conditions. And it, it will help them immensely because I told them not to do any curvilinear forms for the sake of it, because they, they start thinking about seashells and still they do one of them. And I say, okay, you can do a piano form with a wall. And are you giving me the chance to do curvilinear forms, or circular forms? Well, for you, you know, one of the students, I was t- telling him, um, well, for you, I'll do it. I'll, I'll let you do it. And then <laughs> the student actually asked that question, whether why I'm allowing it, because generally I... I want them to have rectangular volumes or be able to think about volumes in the preceding studies that they had learned, many of which are not circular forms, which is now is a fancy thing, you know, parametric design. They want to go and shoot up from first year to second year, straight away you want to do parametric design. You don't even know about uh, some, you know, the basic idea of a linearity, centrality, um, you know, you just heard about hierarchy the other day or design, uh, or the idea of rhythm, you know, it's, haven't explored it, haven't just, you know, and straight away you want to do some fluid forms. Actually, you have to go through the process because because there's a reason for it in the sense that the four walls, designing within the four walls, has a certain uh, criticality in it, in, in the sense of you're going back to Palladio, you're going back to classical, you're going back to uh, some formality, formalism, and hand-drawn, eye-to-hand coordination of of sensibilities. Unless you go out there and actually go to the fields, gather some wood to make 
a shed and could make a circular one because of the logical uh, way of putting things together that that naturally makes a circular hut that you know you decide to make a circular hut or you decide to make a rectangular hut it's up to you but sketching it out in a drawing board and thinking about your project and trying to fit in this is um, something that also, the student of architecture start to think about the site parameters, the dimensions, the human scale, and quite literally, the student of architecture could could do a circular, um, a semicircular uh, frontage out to the sea. Um, but it has to do with the precedent studies as well. We didn't want to shackle them to the precedent study. We want them to make um, references to the pre precedent study. And we wanted to show them that architects throughout history made references to those before like in the case of Le Corbusier, talking about the series of villas um, and Villa Savoy, coming out with Villa Savoy, finally. And that the five points of architecture relate to the traditional houses and how um, open plan relate, uh, is a reaction to uh, cellular planning in in the old buildings, and the roof is being used as an open terrace and pilotis rather than, you know, raised in an open facade. I mean, Le Corbusier reacted to something, referred to something, and Palladio, he also, uh, it was, there is a critique by Colin Rowe that Le Corbusier Villa Savoy, a square planned, is also reacting to Palladio. And many of these architects, Western architects, refer to Palladio and classical architects or Renaissance, architect from the Renaissance. So did Mies with this uh, IIT hall that referred to, um, by the critique, referred to proportions of uh, Schinkel's Altes Museum, and also Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, decentralized access and pulling away of the prairie houses, and in, at the end, the falling water, uh, in the beginning of the prairie houses, uh, in plan, uh, reflect, uh, is reflecting Pierre Bondrian's paintings, blue. So what we're trying to say is that students of architecture must realize that there is a past and there's a history and we learn from the precedents. And reading architecture plans, sections and elevations, and able to read your own plan, is something that uh, we're not conscious of. When I was being, first time that I actually um, uh, 
when I first started studying architecture, you know, we just take the brief and, okay, we draw bubble diagrams, you know, relationship diagrams, we start off putting things together. We don't actually, we thought that was good already, then we come up with the, 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 the design of it. At that time, University of Technology Malaysia, where I was studying in the 80s, there was no theory, really. We, we learned history of architecture, but it wasn't really taught to us about party, about uh, squinting our eyes and looking at the bigger pic, you know, looking at this, this, how spatially we're doing it. And, you know, we have to look at a bigger picture at the same time, asking why questions. And we didn't do that at that time. We just thought that we did the right thing and, and we're the best designer of it and are making great perspective of colors. But when I went to Leicester Polytechnic in 1985, it was a theory, a school that has strong theory bent. And I did the same approach that I did in, 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 uh, in Malaysia. And, and I didn't get an A. I mean, why? Why didn't I get an A? So then I studied the students who got an A and I realized some of them were doing proportions, Palladian proportions, and and this very strong theoretical content. And I researched about Richard Meyer, and the next project I got an A. The thing was, I didn't know that, I didn't keep on that consistency, so sometimes I, after that, that was the only A I got. But it sort of concluded, it was a milestone in my life to be able to read my plan. And I was 23 years old. Yeah, these students are 21 years old, 20 years old. The second year student. And University of Malaya is no more the vocational training that I had in the 80s. So it's different. It's theory is bread and butter now. And schools of architecture deal with this even in the first year. Actually, we wasted time starting this in the second year. We can start it, you should have started in the first year, the one design approach and keep at it all the time so that students become confident about being a designer because there's references. You cannot run away from the references of what a good designer is. Okay, so at the end of this talk, <laughs> sorry, discussion that I'm having with you guys out there. I like to refer to the, the book by Christopher Alexander on notes on the synthesis of form and um, this 1971 book talking about the self-conscious process, the unselfconscious process, and misfits and fits and um, it's a very good book, uh, and I discovered it, of course, late now. I, I could understand why this book was written, and later he wrote Pattern Language. And um, reflecting on what I, on what the student of architecture and myself doing in design, we're trying to find that fit all the time. If the, there's a 
set of a brief and we're trying to fit what's in the brief onto the site. And if we collaborate with others, like what my students are doing with me, they're trying to fit in what I want into their design. But so the skill of adapt, being adept is an important skill for a designer to have. That's the conclusion, the basic conclusion of the discussion. And that the, the other thing which would like to discuss is about why we chose in the design thesis the site context issues-driven design approach. Or uh, the site context uh, issues, uh, issues design uh, projects so that we can employ this design approach. And because it's highly complex uh, a brief, it's a highly complex course, the design thesis, that some things are resolved at the beginning to help the students propel themselves into, launch themselves into the design process. That's why we did what we did in, 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 in um, the whole collaborative design approach with a team of three, uh, where Kevin Matlow led and myself and Lisa is involved together. Why Kevin Matlow led? Because of his skill in teaching. And it was best that way because that is the ace in the team to create a learning environment that could excel in this, um, in this unit that we did. Uh, but learning from that, I realized student of architecture, even at that stage, their skill in adapting their design um, is either the first time they're doing it because they could have done the same thing from year one to year four. They could have have done a form-driven and fit in the function into the form sort of approach because the brief is basically given to them and some of them were allowed to put in adjust the programs, a bit of the program, but it's not a design thesis. But when it comes to the design thesis, how confident, you know, taking the student from this level of confidence to another level of confidence, another, or taking the students from this, uh, because the level, the, this design approach created a help to make that confi confidence level high in order for them to be the very adept, adaptable yeah, person, designer, to be working in an office when they graduate. And that was the reason, that, that quality is, is that quality is what we want um, the second year to have as well. It is hard for them, I'm sure. But trying to make it light, I try to make it uh, simple, direct to them. If they're going to cry, cry, but but they have to be buying this approach. I'm not going to take them out on a limb. I'm going to defend them, you know. And um, 
and my evidence of what of what we um the evidence sorry not my evidence the evidence will be shown in their ability to adapt at that stage in second year so i think there's uh, one skill that is very important uh for them to have when they they go to the third year as well and in the future they have this tools the tool uh, the tool to to be crit- critical to see things critically and that is what uh, i'm trying to say the bread and butter of of um apart from you know the usual thing that your you're as good as your drawings the ability to draw very well the second one is the ability to adapt and the ability to adapt means um you're, uh, you you are able to see clearly and with a set of tools of looking at precedents and being exposed to the discussion and of course they already bought in into the idea that this is the best way so we shall see that this evidence of uh, learning and how they will cope with this they're highly skilled they, they they can draw and they were asked to draw properly in the first year and the ability to draw generally can be seen you know the basic things of line weight and so uh, they, they, what i mean they can draw is i can read it but there's nothing like that poor that I can't read at all. One line drawing. Uh, people are very conscious of the two line drawing at least. So, so thank you for uh, sticking around in this podcast and listening to this uh, discussion on the skills uh, for students of architecture to be able to, uh, to have, uh, that they must have. Um, We shall talk again in the next podcast.